Welcome everybody to the Inside Pass on WSIC. <laughs> We're, I'm trying to plug stuff in for Tom this morning and I don't know where to plug it in at. So I don't want to knock us off the air. So. <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm Randy Miller, Tom Becker, sitting over in the Soman seat. And look who's sitting next to me. It's Drew Dollar from the ARCA Racing Series, the second most recent winner of the tour because um, he won at Talladega. So, oh, well, look at that. My head's fat set just went off. Uh, so we'll talk to him about, <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? <laughs> uh, we'll talk to him about uh, his win at uh, Talladega, his eighth-place finish at Pocono. Wow. And we'll get you set up for the uh, the next race on the Arca Series yeah, schedule, which is one of my favorite racetracks, uh, which is IRP, ORP, LORP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park is what I have always called it. Yes. Um, but uh, we'll talk to him about that as well. And uh, on the Strutmasters.com hotline today, we've got uh, Sir Nicholas de Groot. Uh, he is uh, a writer for Motorsport.com. And apparently a very good iRacer. He's won three uh, iRacing races in a row. Uh, the Monday, the Monday Night Mayhem show that they do on Mondays uh, with iRacing and the Elite Racing Series League. He's won three races in a row now. So um, got to get top dollar to get him on the show. But uh, he'll join us to uh, kind of help us uh, talk about what's going on in the NASCAR world with the Pocono Race Weekend. Um, Indy's going to be back in action this weekend at Indy. We've got uh, F1 starting their season this weekend at uh, Austria. So, Tom, by the time we get to next Monday, uh, we'll have uh, plenty of racing back on the schedule again. Yeah, it's uh, and it's great to be going back. It's great to be talking about Indianapolis Motor Speedway because, obviously, we we usually talk about it in May, mm-hmm. and that didn't happen this year. So it's great to be talking about it again um, at least for the 4th of July. And then we still have the Indy 500 to anticipate coming up in August. So That is, that is true. As you said, lots of racing. Yep, the first time that uh, NASCAR and IndyCar have done a doubleheader at the same racetrack together. So that will be a first, uh, historical first this weekend in Indianapolis. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, the top story, I guess, uh, before we head to our first break, NASCAR yesterday deciding that they were going to cancel uh, the in the NASCAR award ceremony and NASCAR week in Nashville this year because of the COVID-19 situation, another casualty of this pandemic going on. Uh, NASCAR just feels like there's not really, you know, a safe way in order yep. to do it, especially having all the drivers together, um, just not, not safe enough to do it. So they've canceled the festivities. They are planning to do some sort of an award ceremony of some kind. Um, it just won't be in Nashville, and it won't be the the grandest, you know, the grandeur that we're used to seeing for the awards banquet this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised that they did that so quickly, honestly, being as it's only June mm-hmm. um, and the banquet's not till November. I'm a little surprised they pulled the trigger on that so quick. But um, NASCAR did say they were going to do something <laughs> at the end of the year, so. Um, Maybe we'll get some sort of virtual banquet, kind of like what we did for the NFL draft, which honestly could be kind of interesting, although it you know it's it's kind of different um because when you do the draft, of course, other than maybe you know the hat and the and the shirt that they give you when you the jersey right. when you get up on stage, it's really just an announcement, and you know it's a little different when you're getting trophies or whatever and giving speeches but um, I'm sure there's a way to do it, and you know I hope that they do because uh, it would be a shame to not have any real 
festivities right. like that at the end of the season. Yeah. You, know? you, you think maybe they could do it, you know, in February, like right before speed weeks, maybe, you know, do you it. You could. Maybe just yep. postpone it until, That's, you know, the beginning of the year, option. do it before we start the sure. season. Uh, Nick is Nick Muncher is sometimes our producer, but he's sitting over off the camera today because Drew's here and he has to keep him in line. Where does where does Arkin has a awards banquet right every year? Yeah, they where, do in uh, Indianapolis the PRI show. It's also oh, and it's probably going to happen right now. Yeah, PRI still yeah, on. PRI still on. So uh, at least maybe Arkin will get their awards banquet at the end of the year. Yeah, and you know I hadn't even thought about PRI, but I mean that's a. If That's you want to talk time. about a mass <laughs> gathering, that that would qualify. Um, but yep. but the I think the maybe the saving grace there would be that that's held in Indianapolis. True, and Indiana is way ahead of um, a lot of the rest of the country right. actually for you know for all this. So hopefully by December. Um, you know, that could still go on with no problem because that's that's a pretty big deal to the yeah. motorsports it, industry. It's kind of funny to me, though, when you think about, you know, Tennessee and, and the fact that Tennessee is pretty much wide open right now. Bristol's yeah, you know, almost that's why could, I was they've almost sold out the All-Star race already. Yeah. Um, but you think about, you know, this event happening in November or, or early December and they've already canceled it. But I, yeah. I guess it's a matter of. We, you know, when it comes to fans being in, in attendance, it's kind of like, you know, enter at your own risk. But when you're dealing with having basically the entire NASCAR garage area in one spot at the same time, it's about eliminating risk. I mean, I guess. more than anything. So. I mean, you know, it it just seems like it, it seems a bit premature. But right. I guess when you start thinking about all the logistics that go into that True. banquet, True. you know, it's uh, probably apropos, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's too bad. Um, but hopefully next year, maybe they can hold the event in Phoenix or something. You know, like since they're going to Phoenix for the season finale, just hold it in Phoenix while they're all there. Yeah, kind of thing. I mean, you don't because you don't need a huge place. You just need a big enough place to have the drivers and you know their crews and stuff. I mean, you can social distance a big uh, you know a big arena like you know with the Talking Sticks Arena, or whatever the yeah. the Phoenix uh, Suns play. Um, would be a good place to have it, just so you can social distance everybody and still be able to have a decent banquet and then social distance everybody. So, mm. yeah, it's you know I don't know. It just uh, I sure hope that we just get over this soon because you know it's, it, it's really kind of a every a time we think we've got it, we, it wreaks its its weary head. All right, we are uh, going to step off to a break. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. Nick DeGroote will join us from Motorsport dot com. We'll have more with Drew Dollar. And uh, we'll talk about everything going on in the NASCAR world when we come back. Stay with us. The Inside Pass on WSIC returns right after this. This is News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where North Mech turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. It's time to drive forward right now at Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, the only Jeep dealer in the Carolinas that guarantees we will beat any new Jeep deal. I-77 exit 28, LakeNormanChrysler.com. WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Coaster. Storms dying out overnight. That low drops down to 68. Tomorrow, 87 with a 40% chance for showers and storms in the afternoon. Thursday, we'll top out at about 89 with a 20% chance for showers and about the same for Friday. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Coaster. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Retirement, college savings, tax planning. 
At each place in your financial life, your desires and goals change. At North Main Financial Group, we are committed to meeting clients at their point of need. Because no two clients are the same, we pride ourselves on tailoring a financial plan to fit your specific needs. We will walk you through step-by-step as we customize a financial strategy to meet your vision and objectives. Visit us at NorthMainFinancial.com. That's NorthMainFinancial.com. It's already a number one bestseller, and it's called Blitz. Trump will smash the left and win. By famed author David Horowitz, Blitz makes predictions about President Trump that will shock you. He also warns about radical groups like Antifa. Blitz is at bookstores, or get the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX or go to Blitz411.com. Blitz411.com. Mike Huckabee says if everyone read Blitz, Trump would win. Newsmax says it's the best book for 2020. Call 800-NEWSMAX for the free offer now. Learn more at Cheek and Stem. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. Once upon a time, there was a nice house that lived with a family. The house loved the family and took care of them. One day, it started to rain and rain. The house wanted to protect the family, but the water got inside and ruined everybody's everythings. The house was so sad, but the family didn't think it could happen. They told the house that they would take better care of her, always. Protect what matters. Learn more about your flood risk at floodsmart.gov forward slash care. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass on WSSC. I've never seen the Kia with that look on her face during the commercial break. <laughs> Some of the commercials that we played during the break, she's like, what? Yeah. What is that? Uh, welcome back to the show. Randy Miller, Tom Baker sitting in the summon seat. Drew Dollar sitting next to me. We've got uh, Nick Montre sitting off to the, uh, the side of their overseeing, supervising uh, today's program. Um, and on the Strutmasters.com hotline, uh, we have our, Just in time. our good friend, uh, Motorsport.com writer, He's become uh, quite the uh, quite the amazing iRacer from from what I've been able to gather through social media. He's won uh, three races in a row now on uh, on the Elite Racing League series. Nick DeGroot is our uh, our guest this morning. Good morning, Nick. Thank you for taking some time out to join us this morning, and uh, congratulations on your uh, budding iRacing career. Hey guys, yeah, excited to be here. I'm I'm surprised you got yourself out of bed uh, to come and join us this morning because you know <laughs> your your life revolves around i racing now. You've become this uh, you know Jimmy Johnson esque i racer now, and uh, so it's very hard to to get you to stop momentarily. Wait to, a minute, I didn't think Jimmy was very good at i racing. <laughs> well, I, I'm talking about like the, the stature in terms of like you know what oh, accomplishments, legendary status, accomplishments in a short yeah. amount of time is yeah. what I'm trying to because he's see. Well, well, now for uh, this next race, they said because I won three in a row, they're going to be putting a bounty on me. So See? I'm going to have a target on my back next week. See, Drew Dollar's in studio with us. Drew, you know you've arrived and you're doing something when they put a bounty on your head. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That uh, that definitely wouldn't happen to me on iRacing. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. They'd be putting the black flag out for I'm me. I'm trying to get yeah. Nick to teach me iRacing because apparently he's he's got it figured out. He's won IndyCar races. He's won street street, uh, street stock races. He's won a couple of NASCAR races. They're going. You're doing dirt uh, next week in Eldora, right? Yeah, but uh, 
I've wow. never won an ARCA race that realized Talladega, so there's that. Well, that's true. There you go. That, that is true. Uh, Drew, <laughs> Drew does have one over on you. But, but see, the, the key is that so we've seen so many guys come from the iRacing world. Like William Byron is the first guy that comes to mind, somebody who's become proficient in iRacing and then turn around and have a pretty good career in racing. Uh, Raja Karuth is doing it right now. So, I mean, there's hope for you yet, Nick. All you have to do is just, you know, get uh, – Get your your uh, your job motorsport dot com to shell out some money to get you a sponsorship and get you a good quality ride and, and you'll be a you know battling Drew Dollar for the win you know in no time at Talladega. Yeah, well, sounds easy enough. <laughs> yes, in theory, yes, it, it does sound easy enough. All right, <clears throat> so let's talk about Pocono. Uh, Pocono was uh, one of the races on the schedule where we thought we were going to see uh, a boring race, which is typical fashion for Pocono, but I, I personally feel like, um, and Nick, I don't know if you agree or disagree, that I thought the races were actually pretty good, considering that the track is normally one of the most boring races on the circuit. Oh, yeah. I think the truck and Xfinity race absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, the cup races, you know, there's still that argument about the package and how it's changed the race at Pocono and how it's hard to get the leader, but even those races were fairly decent. I think the Xfinity and truck races were far more exciting, but I think the cup races were an improvement over last year, so that's saying something. And Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, they uh, put on quite a show in both those races. I think what made the cup race, the cup racing better over the weekend was the races were shorter, so it changed the strategy. Yeah. It changed the uh, the pits, you know, stop cycles. I mean, I think it made them a little more aggressive than what, you know that that they normally would be, and I actually hope we keep that format at Pocono, especially for Cup. the The truck and the Xfinity races were just awesome races. They they were a bit on the crash fest side, but they were both great races um, and and really good finishes. the The Cup racing is just never going to be great on the bigger tracks with this package. I, I it, it is mm-hmm. what it is, um, but I think the fact that it was a shorter race made them both better races and. The fact that there were two of them, I think, changed the way everybody drove the first race, too. Um, you know, and so I, I actually thought the shorter distance made the racing better just because, again, it, you didn't have as much time to kind of get your car dialed in or whatever. It was get on it and go. Yeah, I actually like the cup race, um, you know, more than the truck race and the Xfinity race, I think, just because you got to see a little bit of strategy. You got to see long green flag run, which I know a lot of people get bored of, but... I like to kind of watch the trends and stuff like that. Um, you know, in the truck and Xfinity race, my problem with that, you know, they both had really good finishes, so I was yeah. happy about that. But um, but there's no strategy in it. They had cautions for, like, the whole time and, and uh, especially early on. And, you know, with a shorter race like the trucks and Xfinity, you just drive to the to the brake pretty much, and, and then you pit and you get the tire. Same with the ARCA race. I mean, um, you know, without live pit stops, everyone just pits twice and – and calls it a day. So yeah. that takes a little bit out of it, a little bit of the strategy, which is fun. Definitely for the crew chiefs, it takes a little bit of fun out of it for them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the finishes were good all weekend. And But I think the cup race, I, I really enjoyed watching the green flag pit stops there at the end. And, yeah. and it was interesting to see Denny get away with one like that. Yeah, trucks had 48.1% of their race ran under caution. So yeah. that, that shows you almost oh, wow, half really? of the race. Yeah, half, that. Almost, That's half, almost the race half the race was under caution. Yeah. That was my problem with that race. race. I, I would have liked to see them run some green laps and, and see how it ended up. 
Yeah, that's true. It's funny because people complain when there aren't enough cautions, (laughs) and we complain when there are too many cautions. It's like you can't win. Without practice and qualifying, you know, you're kind of those guys are kind of at a disadvantage because a lot of at least least in the truck series, a lot of those guys haven't even even ran on the Pocono track before, Um, and so and even guys like that did like Rafael Lazard, you know, getting into the grass and then pretty much taking himself out of contention, but. Um, I, I think that's one of the good things about having no practice and no qualifying. And, and Drew, maybe you can, you know, I, I, with Arca, I, I think it puts a new spin on things because you don't have the time to go out there and run those laps and get used to the track and get used to it. You have to basically do it on iRacing if you're going to do it. Um, but it takes away that whole, you know, running 50, 60, 70 laps of practice and then qualifying and then another final practice and getting used to the track. You just go out there cold. And sometimes, especially if the setup isn't right off the truck, I mean, you're you're in for you know the first fifteen twenty laps of just trying to fill the car and make sure you don't wreck it until you get that first stop and be able to make the adjustments. Yeah, luckily for me, I feel like I have a little bit of advantage over the majority of the field mm-hmm. because Venturini, you know, they have a they have a lot of notes and they always bring fast Camrys. But um, so that so that definitely gives you an advantage. The disadvantage for me is. Every single track we're going to this year, I've pretty much never seen before, other than Kansas coming up and Wait maybe maybe one or two others. Had you seen Talladega before? No, I haven't seen and that. See, but... For those of you watching on our video, there's a checkered flag <laughs> yes. behind Randy's left <laughs> shoulder. Right there. On the video. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I have to say, um, That's if, if you're going to prepare for a track on iRacing, Daytona and Talladega are the closest, <laughs> right. closest to real life, for sure. Um, you know, the drafting's pretty good on that, but... Other than that, I mean, you know, Daytona and Talladega, you're just wide open, so that doesn't matter if you've really been there before. But Pocono is definitely a little bit different, especially when you only get five to eight laps of practice. So um, that was that was tough for me getting up to speed. But once we got in the race, I felt all right. You know, going back to, to the Pocono, mm-hmm. the, the NASCAR race on, on uh, Sunday, I, I don't believe it's been a long time since I can remember a race having to be ran as fast as possible to get it in before dark. Uh, because it's been, you know, it's it's been a few years, and, and Pocono is one of only a, a handful of tracks on the circuit that don't have lights, and you know, and it begs a question that a lot of people have asked on social media: How come not every track would have lights? Because it seems like it would be an advantage to have them just in case something happens like this, where you are pushing up against, you know, daylight and not wanting or wanting to get the race in, but then not wanting to, you know, have to call it early. I mean, you you want to. You NASCAR to run as many laps as possible, so it's it's kind of one of those scenarios where you know does it make a track unique to not have lights, or should every track have some sort of light system in place to be able to continue running races and not have to sh- shut down because of daylight? Yeah, I think I think it's so it's so expensive to have lights, especially at a it's track true. that's a couple that million long. dollars at least. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be a really big investment, but at the same time, I think that'd be so awesome to watch a night race at. At Pocono, I think that that would put on a really good show. You got a thought on that, Nick Degree? Uh, I think if you run a night race at Pocono, there's going to be a lot of deer running across the track. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh-huh. true. That yeah. is true. And in the mountains, you'd have to have a lot more lights because it's. I mean, there's nothing around Pocono, so at dark, it would be pitch black and you know darkness. So That's a good point. You'd have to have way way more lights there. So, um, Nick, what stands out to you in terms of performances or, or things that you've seen this weekend that that, uh, that you enjoy? I know we talked about the double header in NASCAR. 
you know, in this season of, of trying to do whatever you, you can to experiment with the schedule, you know, maybe going into 2021, we, you know, obviously the doubleheaders are working um, or we thought that they worked for Pocono. Uh, in terms of performances on track, uh, what stands out to you uh, from, from all the race weekend of uh, people that did, uh, did good or some people that probably need to rethink mm-hmm. things when they go into Indy this weekend? Yeah, well, first of all, I love the idea of a doubleheader. I, I think it worked great at Pocono. I think it'll work even better at some other tracks. I hope they do that again in the future. And uh, as for performances, I was surprised with just how lost Hendrick Motorsports seem to be in both races, considering how strong they've been throughout the earlier races of the year. So that really surprised me to see how how far off they really were for those two races. But it, I know he had a rough race Sunday, but how about Mike McDowell getting an eighth-place finish, top ten on Saturday, and Christopher Bell getting his first top five? Those are two other performances that really stood out to me. See, that's that's one of the things I actually liked about uh, the Xfinity race, but also the Cup races, um, is you had a lot of little little teams, smaller teams that that were able mm-hmm. to cash in big. I mean, yeah, the Xfinity race was caution-filled, but you know, you had a lot of guys who normally don't get a very big paycheck. You know, they got the finishes and they got that that paycheck and they needed. And yeah, Michael McDowell ran good all weekend long. Um, you know, and there were several others too. It was good to see Cole Custer run up front on on Sunday finally um, and spend some time up there. I mean, there there I thought were some really outstanding performances from the weekend across all the divisions that uh, you know that we normally don't necessarily see. And you know, that's always fun. I I think it was a different kind of Pocono. Um, I'm never a big fan of Pocono, to be honest. I, I, I just, I, I don't think the racing is really ever that good there, especially in the Cup Series. But I think the the, the shorter races in the doubleheader format made it uh, made it different and made it more interesting, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. I think cutting off 100 miles there was a big difference. I wouldn't yeah. mind if they made those races a little shorter, if they were 250 and 300 miles. I, I just agree. think the shorter the race, the the more urgency there is and less of a chance that it gets into this rhythm where it's just everybody kind of surviving and getting to the end. Yeah, that's very true. And, and Nick mentioned, you know, Hendrick Motorsports struggling on, on basically the entire weekend. Yeah, I don't know if it's really. a, a Hendrick thing or if it's a Chevrolet thing because really the only Chevrolet that had any kind of good success was Kurt Busch, and he just led the first, you know, 10, 15 sure. laps of the race, and we that was pretty much it. So. a brief appearance by Matt Kenseth up in the top seven. That's true. That's it. Yeah, that's the, true. the Ganassi kind of had it, but it didn't mm-hmm. sustain. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's only because of where they started, not necessarily. I mean, well, they, that they, could be too. It wasn't yeah. a Chevrolet, you know, blowing through the field to get to the front. It was yeah. because they started up front point. and kind of faded yeah. toward the end. So and the Hendrick guys never really were a factor the whole, the whole race long. Drew, anything standing out to you? I mean, you know, I know you were there for the ARCA race, and obviously the, the flag behind us stands out to you. But other than that, um, you know, what stands out to you in terms of the race weekend in, in Pocono? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was fun to watch just because it was so many races packed in. Um, you had something something to watch all day Sunday. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we didn't get to see the truck race on Saturday, but um, that ended up being a good race Sunday morning. But, yeah, I mean, same that I said earlier. I just wish that we got to see some more pit strategy play into it. Um, I think the cup race was really good on that side. Um, but, yeah, the, the ARCA Xfinity and, and truck race were kind of, um, you know, there wasn't much you could do other than pit a lap or two early to get some track position. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, we are going to uh, step off to break when we come back. We'll talk more about uh, NASCAR's Pocono Race Weekend. We'll look ahead to Indy with the doubleheader with IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, and F1 is starting this weekend as well. We'll talk about that when we come back with Nick DeGroote, uh, Drew Dollar, and the rest of the crew here on the Inside Pass. We'll be back with more right after this.
This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Southern Iredell turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Headlines for Statesville and the region. Here's WSIC News. You've turned in to hear local news, and so have a lot of other people. Your business could be advertising right here. Find out how affordable it can be. Call 704-872-6345. Thanks for tuning in for Local News with WSIC. I'm Margaret Beveridge. The NASCAR Hall of Fame will sponsor the historical moments portion of the Firecracker 400, broadcasting on July 1st on the iRacing platform. The NASCAR Hall of Fame-sponsored historical moments will juxtapose the excitement of a live esports event with historical footage from Firecracker 400 races held at Daytona International Speedway. This segment will specifically highlight the races held from 1985 to 1987 in conjunction with the cars being used during the broadcast which represent that era. The NASCAR Hall of Fame will also be shining a spotlight on some of its past inductees, 25 of whom were directly involved in the 1987 Firecracker 400. WSIC is working around the clock to help keep you informed, so visit WSICFM.com as well as our Facebook page and stay tuned right here for more. Are you ready to perform at your peak when it matters the most? At Mental Edge Fitness Solutions, we can help you avoid mental blocks, improve your focus, as well as perform under pressure by using science to see what your brain is doing in real time. Contact us at Mental Edge Fitness Solutions, 919-606-2566, or visit us online at mentaledge-fitness.com if you are ready to reach your peak mental performance. I'm Pastor Chris Thompson, and I want to invite you to join me this Sunday at 10 a.m. for the River of Life broadcast on WSIC, where we open God's Word and discover how God's truth transforms our life. That's the River of Life broadcast on WSIC at 10 a.m. Hey, this is Kyle with WSIC. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 a.m. for Houston Solutions with me, Kyle Houston. Don't just complain about the problems in your community. Join us and be part of the solution. Houston Solutions on WSIC at 8 a.m. Join WSIC for a full 24 hours of patriotic music, Friday at 6 p.m. in honor of Independence Day. Music presented by JSCM Group, GM Millen, Black Automotive Group, and Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. This is News Talk, 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Statesville turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Wright. Thanks for listening to these guys. Man, what some great radio hosts. You're listening to the Inside Pass. You know, speaking of Chris Rice, that team has won three hundred thousand dollars just in the last <laughs> in the last three races of Dash for Cash. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it that was crazy. Uh, it, welcome back to the Inside Pass. Uh, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Drew Dollar, Nick Montrose sitting over on the other side of the uh, production studio. Nick DeGroote is on our uh, StartMasters.com hotline, breaking down the uh, race weekend at Pocono. You know, I was going through some of the stats of some of the the things that have happened so far in in the season. Kyle Busch has no playoff points at all in the first 15 races of this year. That is crazy, Tom. It really is. In fact, I, I Nick, I that's one of those the season's gone on and you don't even yeah, think you don't about think about it because he's all you know he's competitive in trucks. He's competitive in you know when he races Xfinity, but and you look at the Cup side, he's done jack basically. That's a staggering statistic when you think about it. Yep. Yep. Thoughts yeah. Yeah. And 
David Wilson uh, from CRD actually talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I thought he had a couple of very interesting comments because what he said is that, and a lot of people don't know this, Kyle is a very analytical driver, and they, they sometimes even jokingly refer to him as the co-crew chief because of how much feedback and how much information he gives during practice. And they said, with that being taken away from him, he's having to adjust the way he approaches these races. And the first two stages, like you said, he's getting no state, uh, stage playoff points. He's using that to try to catch up on the car. And I think that comment by him was given credence by what we saw at Pocono because they had two races. You could almost say that first race was the practice session. Yeah. And then you look at that second race, he was in a position to come back in the lead when stop cycle through when he ended up, of course, getting wrecked there. So I think the lack of practice, the lack of track time before the race is actually hurting Kyle this year because he's not able to uh, get comfortable with the car and get the car the way he wants it before the race. That's a very good point. I never thought about that. Well, and see, that's why I like it, though. And not, and not meaning that toward Kyle personally, but just the idea. I like that Kyle's not winning. The idea, though, that that has helped some other drivers yeah. and maybe hurt yeah. some others where you're seeing a shuffle in the field for some of these races on who's running up front early on. So you get more comers and goers and you get to talk about more different people. Right. I, I actually like that. That's true. Drew, how much has it had being having ran a couple of ARCA races since the, since we've mm-hmm. come back from coronavirus, how much different is it not being able to practice and qualify? Yeah, it's weird. Um, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal at Talladega other than we didn't make any single car runs. We went straight on track and had a draft, but you know, other than that, it's it's uh, it's been pretty different at the different tracks. Like Pocono's different. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend we're going to Indiana. We're going to IRP, and that's going to be different for sure because I think we get 45 minutes or something like that of practice when usually we get like a whole test day or something like that. Um, as well as Pocono, we were supposed to have a whole test day before that race. So a lot of things are different on that, especially the tracks where it's you, you really you know can get the car dialed in and the driver does matter more as opposed to a Talladega. So um, it's definitely different. And for me, I wish we had some practice to get to get it changed changed up and, and me personally get dialed in. But, um, but yeah, it, it's different. Luckily, these races are, are pretty long. Yeah. So uh, another guy who uh, kind of appeared into the top 15 that we haven't seen uh, lately is Matt Kenseth. Uh, we talked about, the, the I guess, the strongness of, of how Chip Ganassi Racing was really the only Chevrolets that showed any kind of brilliance, uh, you know, going into um, the, the starting grid for the Sunday race at Pocono. Um, but, Nick, a lot of people are wondering, you know, if Matt Kenseth is going to, to continue to stay with Chip Ganassi beyond 2020. He's only really signed through the end of the year. And he stated when he came back that he was only interested in staying there if he was being competitive. And, and what we've seen so far, he's not as competitive as I'm sure he would want to be, but I don't know if that's necessarily him or the team as a whole because even Carbush isn't performing the way he was before we shut down before the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Matt Kenseth, but oh, you I, would, I, <laughs> I would I would bet I would bet that he's not a fan of this package at the bigger bigger track. And I wouldn't be surprised if the year ends the way it's going, if he's just like, All right, glad I could help out. Bye guys. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think he would be having as much fun with this car as he would have three years ago. Yeah, but yeah, it, it could be I just a, he'd be him being a victim of not being able to. He's kind of chasing the package because he's never run this package, and it's been a while yeah, since he's been in the car. Um, it's kind of the same thing with Jimmy Johnson, and you know, not that Jimmy's not competitive, 
But I think Jimmy's deciding, you know what, th- this is going to get harder as I get older, and I'm not going to be able to be as, as quick-witted and smart as, you know, be able to figure out this car, you know, the older I get. So I want to get out now while I, I, they say go out while you're on top, but, I mean, you know, it's been uh, almost three or, t- what, two and a half years since he's won a race now. But uh, I, I think when you get to the age where those guys are, it gets more and more difficult to be able to tell the crew what you want because you yourself are unsure how to fix the car and make the car more competitive and faster um, because the, so much technology and so much, you know, um, of, you know, new stuff has gone into the cars since they last raced those cars. It's a lot harder to show your crew what you want to, to make those cars more competitive on the racetrack. Yeah, what, what worked for the first 15 years of the, your career suddenly doesn't work anymore. It's true. Well, and that's, I think that's part of it with Matt as well and, and probably Jimmy. It, it, you know, you got two parts of that. The fun factor, number one, are they really having fun? Right. You know, it's like hard to be. It's to. hard to have fun when you're running 15. Right. And, and number two, obviously, they're both at the point in their career where, let's face it, it they're it's the twilight. You know, they're not. Mm-hmm. It's not that neither of them can still drive competitively and and win, but you know, you you kind of decide, okay, I've had enough. And and I don't think Matt ever. I think Matt was always this year and done. I don't believe right, you see him right. come back next year. And that's why I said when we talked about Matt coming back after the announcement was made, I didn't expect anything great from him, not because I don't have faith in him as a driver, but because he'd never driven this package and it's just so much different than what he's, you know, been used to. And, you know, he definitely improved the six car when he was driving it, but it still was that kind of a deal so and that wasn't even exactly the package that he's driving now in the 42 so um i think it's uh i think it's interesting i i i while you mentioned jimmy johnson can we quickly talk about the big announcement uh referencing jimmy practicing an indy car at uh indianapolis for Mm -hmm. chip ganassi next Mm -hmm. week i mean that's talk about tying the two things together that's pretty amazing um you know, it's uh, Nick. I I I think the only bigger announcement is going to come when we get the announcement that you are going to test an IndyCar for Chip Ganassi <laughs> racing at Indianapolis after that uh, virtual Indy 500. If you win. never make it out of Turn One, though, does that count as a test? <laughs> I'm just yeah. asking, asking for a friend. <laughs> Guys, I, can I reset the car? What button resets it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like you know the the camera I, the camera pans in on Nick and he's like you know pu- punching his finger on the steering wheel button trying to get it to reset and nothing's happening and he's like what do I do now I don't understand. But that's really a, an interesting scenario for Jimmy. I mean, and it's like I talked about on Lead Lap last night. You talk about two heavyweights. Mm-hmm. You got you know with with Dixon and, and Jimmy Johnson in the same garage stall and Jimmy in the car and Dixie probably mentoring him. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty doggone amazing right there. And if they ever get together in a race setting, um, you know, that's I don't care how you slice it. That's two of the greatest of their eras in two different disciplines of the sport coming together. And um, if that ever happens, that would be unbelievable. It's like an Andretti Foyt type situation almost. So it would be. It'd be interesting to see. Um, how that happens. Speaking of IndyCars, this weekend is the, the first ever doubleheader between the IndyCar guys running and the Cup guys running the Brickyard 400. Uh, IndyCar will run the, the Grand Prix of Indy, which is on the road course race, the same track the Xfinity cars will run on on Saturday. Uh, Nick, I know for all of us as fans of the sport, of, of any motorsports entity, it's a great thing to see these guys come together and try to work out some doubleheaders because I think 
when we finally get fans back in the stands probably in 2021, I think this is going to be a huge talking point between NASCAR and IndyCar to get these guys to run a couple of doubleheaders at tracks where ticket sales have been light to, to get you know more people in the stands and get people excited about cross-promotion sports because I think even with Jimmy, you know, testing an IndyCar, you know, it leads us to believe that he'll probably run some IndyCar races probably in 2021. And I think that'll get a lot of NASCAR fans, you know, excited and turn to IndyCar and in, in turn, you know, get some of the IndyCar guys to come and, and look at NASCAR as a whole um, to see if maybe we can get some guys, you know, maybe doing some, some cross racing at some point in time in the near future. Yeah, I'm very excited to see this. I wanted to see a Cup IndyCar doubleheader for the longest time. Me too. And I, I never liked how they kind of acted like I, I'm, I'm. I, it was kind of like I'm better than you almost. Yeah. How they mm-hmm. didn't want to work yep. together at all. But you guys can help each other. There's a lot of crossover with your fan bases, and when there's not a crossover, you could help boost each other, like you said, if you go on a race weekend with each other. And I'm very excited to have Indy at Indy this weekend. The only thing that I think would make it better is if we had cup cars on the road course, too. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how the Xfinity series goes. I'm not huge on the Indy road course. I, I don't think it's a it's one of the best road courses. But um, but I do like the idea of mixing it up a little bit. And frankly, the Brickyard hasn't been a great race for a while. Um, I mean, I'd be happier if, if they took the whole NASCAR bunch and went straight to LOR. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know that to me is where it ought to be. But if you're going to be at the at the brickyard at the you know at Indy, I think it is an interesting idea to kind of mix it up. And I'm not one of these people that thinks that the brickyard 400 always has to be an oval track race. I mean, if you decide you want to run them on the road course, run them on the road course. I don't think at this point it's any different. In fact, if it's a better race, then I think that's what you know what you should do. Now it'll be interesting in 22 guys when we get the new car out because that now is an entirely different, it's more of a sports car kind of, um, you know, aspect there. So that might be a time when you start seeing a little more, and I hope it's never a lot more, but a little more uh, road course racing in uh, cup. I think that would be kind of interesting. Yep. Yeah, for sure. All right, Nick, I know you got to run, but uh, thanks for uh, coming on as always. And, uh, Joining, do you have any questions for Drew before we let you go? Because I know you, you know you you've been sitting here and, and talking, but uh, do you have anything to to ask Drew Dollar while he's well? Well, Drew, is it true that you started racing when you were fifteen, sixteen? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I uh, I would have gotten in a Bando Bandolero car about fifteen something, and then ran two years of Legend cars from sixteen to seventeen. So, um, yeah, that's true. Drew is. What what compelled you to want to get in a race car? Yeah, I mean, my family wasn't ever in it, so that was definitely something something a little bit different. Um, I guess just kind of watching everything and slowly. I mean, I got exposed to it a little bit, and then I found I was interested in it and uh, started watching the races all the time, and I guess just eventually found my way into a legend car. Nice. That's very cool. <laughs> Drew is progressing in dog years. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. Yes. Yes. He's skipping steps. Well, I think the thing for me is just, you know, starting when you're 15, 16 years old gives you a little bit, you know, you're a little bit more mature and you're able to 
move across the steps a little faster. You're not having to wait to, to get on a mile and a half until you're 18 because I was already 18 by the time I, I got in a big car right. anyway. Yeah. So, so, so mm-hmm. Nick, Nick has about five years before he matures to the level of the dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick, thanks as always. We will talk to you again uh, at the end of next month as we always do. And uh, keep, keep playing fantasy NASCAR because I think you're starting to catch me. I haven't actually updated the points yet, but I think you're pretty close to me by now. So, um, But keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks, guys, as always. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> thanks, the group, everyone. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of the Enzyme Pass right after this. This is News Talk 105.9 Lake Norman, 100.7 Greater Statesville, WSIC, where Mooresville turns first for breaking news and severe weather alerts. These are tough times for everyone, so dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-691-9999. That's 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. For WSIC, I'm Fox 46 meteorologist Nick Coaster. Storms dying out overnight. That low drops down to 68. Tomorrow, 87 with a 40% chance for showers and storms in the afternoon. Thursday, we'll top out at about 89 with a 20% chance of showers and about the same for Friday. From the Neighborhood Stormwatch Forecast Center, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser. Be sure to catch Chief Meteorologist Tara Lane today on Fox 46 News at 5. Hey, Radio family, it's Margaret Beveridge from the WSIC News Desk. A number of North Carolina Division of Motor Vehicles fees will increase effective July 1st. As mandated by state law, the DMV is required to adjust fees and rates every four years based on the percentage change in the annual consumer price index during the past four years. The increase will be 7.86% for about 90 license and registration-related fees. For more, visit WSICFM.com. FedEx Ground is hiring nearly 500 new team members to meet critical demand for service created by COVID-19. While North Carolina officially reopened for service Memorial Day weekend, increased demand for online service remains as cases of the coronavirus continue to go up in the state. As a result, FedEx Ground is hiring 480 new workers in Charlotte alone to meet demand. Stay tuned to WSIC through the day for more. I'm Margaret Beveridge from the News Desk. It's time to drive forward right now at Lake Norman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. The only Jeep dealer in the Carolinas that guarantees we will beat any new Jeep deal. I-77 exit 28, LakeNormanChrysler.com. This is Justin Lofton. You're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. If you missed any of uh, today's show, you can uh, catch it on demand on any of your favorite podcasting websites uh, later on this week. Just search Race Chaser Radio or the Inside Pass on Spotify or SoundCloud or any of those favorite uh, 
avenues. Podcast platforms. Of, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, it's still early in the morning. Um, or you can also go to uh, either of the two websites, uh, racechisteronline.com or the Inside Pass Live, or I guess it's Inside Live. InsidePassLive.com. I don't even know my own website. Uh, to get uh, <laughs> slow down, Randy. To get it on demand there as well. There's a calendar of events for the month of July, which kicks off next week with Noah Gregson. So, that should be fun. Now we've got uh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, the week after that, and then uh, the 21st is uh, one of the interviews I'm excited about. Uh, Jay Gers, who wrote the autobiography yes. The Racer. Uh, about the life of John Andretti. We'll spend the whole hour talking to him about the book and uh, telling some stories about John Andretti's life. Very excited about that interview, uh, for sure. Back on the Inside Pass, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Drew Dollar, Nick Moncher, uh joining us in studio. Nick was just on the phone, and I, I just texted him and wished him uh, good luck on his race on Monday night with the bounty uh, on the line. Uh, so we talked about IndyCar. We talked about NASCAR. F1 also uh, is going to begin their season this weekend in Austria, I think they have a double-header race, if I'm not mistaken, yes. this weekend and next weekend in Austria. They're, they're kind of doing their schedule based on regions, so they're doing all of like Europe and then all of Asia, and yeah. kind of doing it that way to kind of uh, limit travel uh, in the F1 well, series. Well, again, they only have so many courses they can run. That's true. They only, yeah, with... yeah, because of the COVID, they only right. have so many courses they can run. Yep. So, looking ahead to this this uh, weekend, we've got all of the the NASCAR, all of the uh, major motorsports back in contention. F1 kicking up their season. Uh, Tom, what what are, what are we looking for this weekend at F1? Um, I would more of the same. Probably. I would say. I mean, I, I haven't. There's look. I I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be more of the same, right? right. I mean, Lewis Hamilton didn't forget how to drive, right? Um, you know, in in this layoff, I I just uh, I again, it, it'll be different for them, just like it's different for um, you know, for any, for NASCAR mm-hmm. and for even for the short tracks, uh, but. I don't think Mercedes is going to be any more challenged than normal. Right. I do think Red Bull is going to be a tough group this year. Um, you know, it's it's, but I I think it's Lewis Hamilton again yeah. until he leaves Mercedes, or something significantly happens to Mercedes. Uh, you're going to have to show me right. that someone else is going to take that away from Lewis Hamilton in the big picture. Obviously, there'll be a different race winners, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right, well, uh, let's let's talk to Drew Dollar since he's sitting here in the studio with us and uh, the, the checkered flag behind us indicates he's yes. been racing the last few weeks. That's the, the, the flag from Talladega, his win a couple of weeks ago. So Drew won Talladega. He goes to Pocono. He finishes eighth. He's now second in points behind his teammate, Michael Self. So talk to us about the last couple of weeks of racing for you. Yeah, it's been nice to get back on track finally. Uh, we were I'm sitting sure. in Talladega just sitting on the back of the hauler. I'm looking at the race car and, and uh, with the racetrack in the background, I'm just smiling. Uh, <laughs> like a kid in a candy store. <laughs> it's so exciting that we finally get an ARCA car back at the track. I, I had run a, uh, a late model race before that Cars Tour at Hickory, and uh, that was a lot of fun. But it was cool to finally see that 15 back at the track with uh, Venturini. So. Can you believe, I mean, we talked earlier about your quick progression, and you know, we poked sport at you for it but uh, i mean you've earned it you've driven and earned the results to get where you are um can you believe i mean tell it you won talladega (laughs) yeah that's um (laughs) that's definitely yeah that's that's really cool for sure um i think that's something that like you know when you're in the heat of it all which is really what's going on right now um you know you're thinking about points and winning more races so you're just like yeah it's cool i won a race and and, you know, I had a good points day and, and we'll continue on. But, um, you know, at the end of the season, looking back, you're definitely going to think like, yeah, that's something that was really special to me. And 
and and it and it is special to me right now. But you know, right now it's just so much focused on, focused on um, you know continuing to, continuing on and and winning more races to where you know you don't you really don't have time to sit back and think like oh that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I think when you look at your you know your credentials or your your accomplishments at the end of the season, you're going to look at certain tracks mm-hmm. and go, you know, I I could have won there. I know I'm good there. You look at Talladega and you go, I survived. I survived at <laughs> Talladega. Because it's yeah. one of those tracks where everybody goes to and you have no idea what you're going to get yourself into when you go because there's so much of an unknown at Daytona and Talladega mm-hmm. that anybody who wins there can say, I was the only one that didn't get in a wreck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, I mean, we we have super fast cars at you know all the tracks, but at the uh, at the super speedways, our Camrys are, are super fast. And, they are. And, and yep. I was – Super happy with it at Daytona, and we brought the exact same car for Talladega. And I, and with the car that I had, there were probably about three other cars, maybe, that were able to put themselves in the same positions that I was. And um, and you know those were the cars running up front at the end. Obviously, the Venturini teammates, and I think the Gibbs car was pretty strong as well. So, um, you know, between all those cars, I felt like one of them was going to win. Yeah. You know, luckily it ended up being us. But but yeah, I think. In the Arca series, obviously in Cup, everything is so tight. I think the Arca series is tight as well. But when you go to some of the bigger tracks, you can get you can get a uh, pretty good advantage over some of the other cars. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you can tell the difference mm-hmm. at the bigger tracks between the teams, yeah. and it's not talent; it's just resources. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get these wins at, at Super Speedways, where it's kind of like Justin Haley's win at Daytona last year. Well, but it was look it. No asterisk, no nothing. He was in position to win, and he won. And that's something that you can carry away um, that's a career moment. And, and, you know, Talladega, you were certainly fast. It isn't like you just were sort of sitting Mm -hmm. there at the end. But um, you never want to take diminish a win by saying, well, I lucked into it or other guys crashed or whatever happened. I feel like sometimes we do that. Mm -hmm. And also the other thing with you winning so quickly there – is it was Venturini's first win at <laughs> yeah. Talladega. That's crazy. I think and that's Drew Dollar got yeah, it. That's the coolest part for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy to think like there's a track on the schedule that is run that often um, yeah. that Venturini doesn't have a win at. Like I understand maybe a, maybe I a new track, it. but yeah, that that doesn't sound <laughs> like a, a real stat, but it is. So yeah, um, I think that's one of the things that made it most exciting for me to to get that win for. For the Venturinis. That's yeah. staggering. I didn't even know that. That's a staggering uh, <laughs> yeah. statistic. I yeah, didn't even have any idea. I forgot about that. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so looking ahead, yeah, Friday night, you guys are at uh, IRP, ORP, LORP, whatever you want to call it. My, uh-huh. It's one of my favorite tracks ever. I, like, I, I don't know why the trucks and Xfinity stopped going there because I felt like that was the best race uh, probably on the circuit all season long. It's a short, tight track. If you guys ever... Those of you who have been uh, alive for a long time probably remember it was the Thursday Night Thunder, the USAC Midgets, oh, when yes. they ran that. every That was my Thursday night thing, every Thursday Absolutely. night watching USAC racing with Bob Jenkins and everybody on that. It was great stuff. Jeff Gordon, that's where he yep. pretty much made his name known, uh, is racing that track. So uh, going to that track, it's a it's a great track, a short track. You guys get to do the you know the, the short track racing thing that you guys uh, you know are uh, – used to doing or you know probably yeah. it's it's kind of going from like one extreme to the other because you go from like a two two point eight mile talladega <laughs> yeah. track to a two and a half mile pocono to you know yeah. less than a mile uh track at uh, lucas oil raceway so um what are you looking forward to this weekend besides winning obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you need yeah. another flag to put next to that definitely highway. i definitely do but um getting back on a short track definitely excited for that i think it's um something where you're gonna feel for me more comfortable more comfortable i haven't really been on the on the big tracks mm-hmm. that much so 
doing those is a little bit different. And, you know, once you get up to speed on those, I feel fine and comfortable with that. And I'm looking forward to some of the mile and a half this year because of how, how happy I was um, with, with the handling at, at Pocono. But, um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be nice just to get back to a short track and kind of and just run hard. You know, you can, you can push, it, push it a little bit past the limit and get away with it. On a big track, you push it past the limit and you're, you know, tapping the wall or yeah. you're spinning out. So, and, and if you spin out on one of those tracks, it's, it's usually pretty big. So, um, yeah, it, it'll definitely be fun to get up to Indiana and, and, get, and get that race going. 200, 200 laps, something like that. So, uh, long race, and, and I'm ready to just get in and grind. Yeah. So we were talking before the show about how hot it was uh, down in Talladega, and you you mentioned it being mm-hmm. probably the hottest race that you've ran, you know, in quite some time. Forecast for this weekend in Indianapolis, it's going to be hot. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, how does that change your mindset, knowing that yeah. you know it's going to be a hot night? You know, it's a, by the time the race is over, it's still going to be you know upper eighties, probably close to ninety degrees mm-hmm. um, inside the car. You know, we're talking about one twenty five, probably you know one twenty one twenty five range. Talk a little bit about you know how how yeah. that helps how that helps hearts and you know what you do to prepare because you, you yeah. guys have a, a huge regimen that you have to go through in order to make sure you're mm-hmm. hydrated enough and stuff like that so you don't get too hot in the car. Yeah, I think one of the number one things is you know with Toyota you, you're given the resources to mm-hmm. prepare yourself to work out and uh, prepare yourself physically and mentally for these hot races. But um, you know Talladega was so bad because the cars on you know right on the track you're wide open the whole time. Um, so, so you're not coming off, not coming off the gas. Um, you got the right side window in, and there's, you're trying to keep airflow. You're not, you don't want air coming in the car because it's just right. comes like a parachute. So, um, everything you can do makes the car an oven pretty much. So, um, that's the worst part about that there. And it was on a really hot day as well. But, you know, going to a short track, it will be hot, but it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be as bad because you're, you're, you know, you're using the brakes, so you're coming off the gas. The, you know. You get some uh, air under the car, and then you also don't have a right side window, and that helps a lot. Yeah, that, that's that's very true. So I know before the season started, you had this list, all this these tracks that you were going to run at, but then of course coronavirus, <laughs> yeah. and now no one even knows what the ARCA schedule is. I, I've noticed <laughs> that they've kind of been adding races here and there. Do you do you know where you're what you're going to do for the rest of the year, and what tracks you're going to run, and, and that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah, um, I think the only ones we really have on the on the you know on the schedule is this one this weekend, and then. That's at IRP, and then we've got Kentucky coming up, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm really excited for Kentucky. I think that's a nice surprise. That was one of the ones I wish we would have ran, right. um, and now and now I'm going to do that. I wish we I wish we'd go to Atlanta as well, but um, yeah, I'm glad we're going to Kentucky, and then I'm not sure what we have after that, but you know, hopefully hopefully we keep running. Nick, do you have any idea <laughs> what the schedule looks like after that? So yeah, we have uh, Lucas Oil this weekend, obviously Kentucky right. next weekend, Iowa the following weekend with IndyCar. Then we go to Kansas, which is our makeup for Chicago. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, then it gets a little hairy after that. <laughs> uh, they think we're still going to Gateway, which is would be the regular weekend, but they're not 100 percent sure yet. And then we'll be going to Michigan with uh, the Cup cars, and then Watkins Glen with Cup, and then um, as of now. It looks like our two dirt races are still on, even though the fairs are canceled. Really? And hmm. that's about it. Wow. So how close are you guys to the actual schedule after that, after the two dirt races? Uh, once we Actually, once we get into uh, August there, if Gateway still happens, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of Michigan, everything's pretty much back to normal. Oh, cool. All right. Well, there you go. So congratulations, Drew, on your win Thank at you. Talladega. Good luck at IRP this weekend. You guys have a happy 4th of July. Be safe. 
Enjoy the races at Indy this weekend, and we'll see you Thursday for Motorsports Madness. For Tom Baker, I'm Randy Miller, Drew Dolan, Nick Montridge, Nick DeGroote. Bye. <laughs>